Oh, oh I'm Sheree. <laughs> Welcome back, Sheree. Thanks. <laughs> what have we got coming up tonight? Well, tonight we have the amazing Meg Williamson Come on. Uh, sharing the session with us. And she's speaking about hearing God's voice. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Meg. Meg is uh, always packs a punch when she speaks and she puts her whole body into what she shares and um, she has such a deep revelation of the Father's love as well and um, she will expand what you thought was possible with the Lord tonight so I encourage you just to, to tune in, dive deep with us as well and yeah, get ready to hear from the Lord. Yes, so exciting. I'm pumped. Come on. And also... We do have Q&A at the end of this session as well for about 10 minutes. So please make a note of any questions that you might have and um, share them through the chat and we'll try and get them answered at the time. But even if we don't, we will try and get them answered for you as well later on. Come on. So. Also, we're... (laughs) Also, Nick and I are also going to be on the chat. So please engage with us. We love hearing yeah. from you all. We'll be here and we look forward to yeah, just saying good day and just seeing how the Lord's going to move yeah. in the chat tonight as well. So, so we had a testimony come through the chat from last week. Lisa shared, I had a massive breakthrough after we prayed last week for words we'd been given. I had a word that I would see a miracle slash miracles. And the day after, my brother, whom I had not spoken to for over five years, suddenly wanted to see me again and i met him the next day for lunch so that's just awesome thank you for sharing that with us lisa um yeah we just uh, when i read that um in preparation for tonight (coughs) excuse me i really felt like the lord wanted to go after restoration and relationships so before we start i just feel that we should pray and um believe for more of that so lord we just thank you lord that you are the god of restoration father i thank you lord it's your will for us to be restored in every relationship that we have i think whether it's friends or family father i thank you lord that you are restoring mothers and fathers back to sons and daughters father and i thank you lord for friendships being restored for cousins and and brothers and sisters father and long lost relatives father i thank you lord that it's on your heart father and we just believe for more of these testimonies coming through because of what's happened here tonight and because you're a God of miracles and because you work with our faith. And Lord, we right now, we just choose to believe that, that you will do this miracle amongst us, Father. And we just thank you for who you are and your faithfulness towards us each and every day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Meg is going to be running activations for us tonight, but we will be back later on to... Uh, to let you know what's happening next week. Perfect. We'll see you all then. Looking forward to it. Bless you guys. I hope you didn't get the tongue in there. Oh, did you stick out your tongue? Yeah. Oh, no.
Okay, hi guys. Welcome. Thanks for coming and keeping up that attendance. Um, Sarah's unwell tonight, so she can't be with us. Um, but hopefully next week she'll be back. Um, but yeah, we have the wonderful Megan tonight. Yeah, Shakesha, she just has like such a powerful way of teaching and I love the way she just expresses Holy Spirit in a really unique way. Um, yeah, it's just like in his wildness and, and freedom. So yeah, if we could just welcome Meg tonight. Awesome. How you going? How you going, mate? That's my ethnic greeting. <laughs> if you're in far north, from far north Queensland, hey. You know if you know, right? Good, good day. I'm Meg. If you've not had the, uh, the chance to meet me, um, I belong here. I would... Which is awesome. I, I was trying to think, how long have I been coming to Glory City Church? And I think it's nearly six years, which is outrageous. Um, I grew up in the Raff family, so to be anywhere for longer than two years is profound. So I must like it here, right? <laughs> this is my, I think, third or fourth prophetic school that I've had the pleasure of teaching at, and I've never taught the topic I'm going to teach on in this context before. So this is brand new, straight off the, off the press, if you will. So why don't we pray? We need help. Who needs help? I need help. Holy Spirit, help. You are so good, God. You are not afraid. You're not ashamed of us. You've never, you've never stopped believing in our capacity. Think about that. God has never stopped believing in you. You might have given up on yourself, but God has never given up on you because he knows how good he is at creating beautiful things. And Lord, you created us in your image. And as image bearers, we bear your fingerprint. As image bearers, we bear your frequency. Our resonance resonates with yours. We are wired from birth, from creation, from the dawn of history, from the dawn of time. Before sin even entered the world, we were wired for communion with you. We don't need a try. We don't need a work. 
We don't need to push. We don't need to prod. We don't need to plead. We don't need to beg. We don't need to borrow. We are in you and you are in us. Thank you, Jesus, that you left the throne of heaven to make a temple in our hearts. That you declared our value when you ransomed heaven to purchase our freedom. Forgive us for the times where we have devalued ourselves and undermined the great price that you chose to pay for every single life on earth. Even the ones that will never acknowledge your name, you knew that they were worth dying for. That the eternal declaration spoken over us, written in blood, you are worth dying for. You are worth dying for. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? All right, let me get myself. I'm going to swap a few things around here. I got this premium Bible for Christmas. I know. Isn't it fantastic? It lies flat no matter where you are. Sadly, there's no button where you can go, stop reacting to the air con. Okay, I think that I'm going to make that as a suggestion for future versions. Um, I always like to start my sessions by honouring those who've gone before us. There's this saying that those who drink from the well should always honour those who went before and dug it. And we get to drink from the rich, rich well of prophets and apostles in this nation and many nations who've sown into the soil of our country. Of course, we love to honour our own Pastor Catherine, who we know stewards and covers us and permissions us to have fun and explore what it looks like to hear God's voice. And because of her covering, we can make mistakes and, and it's all good. <laughs> That's how honour works. When you choose to honour someone, it opens your heart to receive from them. I didn't say it opens your heart to agree with them. It opens your heart to receive from them. So you might not agree with everything I say. I hope you don't. I hope you take things to the Lord for yourself. Because the pulpit and, the, and these kind of events are not here to tell you what to think. They're here to encourage you to think for yourself and to wrestle for yourself so that when you're pushed, you know what you stand for. Because if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for anything. And who knows, there's been a lot of windy voices recently. Yep, a lot of people prophesying what's going to happen or what is happening. And you need to know for you what you believe this book says about your future so that you're not tossed about by every wind of doctrine that enters in. Amen? All right, that's not even in my notes. That was free just for you. 
Amen. I like you guys already, okay? I'm just going to warn you, if you're following, if you're a melancholy like me and you like dot points, we are going to touch on some of the dot points in your book. I promise we'll touch on at least one of them. Uh, The others will just kind of see where the Holy Spirit goes because I think He wants to meet you more than probably you're aware. (laughs) And the good thing about preparation, this is one of my famous sayings, famous to myself, of course, uh, (laughs) and now famous to you. Preparation is the springboard to spontaneity. It is good. You should write that down. Because the thing is, I've spent years preparing for this, not just hours, because this is my story that I'm sharing with you in teaching form. I'm not here just to share a few little tips and tricks. I'm here to share my heart with you. And if you want it, you can have it. It's free. (laughs) It was purchased. It's no longer my own. And I have no shame. Swallow that. And that's a gift from God. (laughs) I'm not boasting. He liberated me. I I carried shame for 30 years, pretty much, nonstop, 80% of the time, swallowed by shame. And then over the course of six months, marinating in the book of Romans, I woke up one day totally free. (laughs) I walked out and my best friend said, something's changed. And I said, I'm totally free. And I'd been seeing a counsellor, I'd seen her a whole three times. She'd promised that she would, let, she would work with me until, she, until I was free or until she had to retire. And she knew I'd be free before she had to retire. That's all I needed. <laughs> I'd had other counsellors tell me I'd never be free because of what I'd been through. The Lord can liberate you. I don't know who needs to hear this. Someone needs to hear this. You do not own shame and it does not own you. You are free. It's true. It's true. He paid for it. Shame is on the outside trying to get in, not on the inside trying to get out. Okay. Amen? So, hands up. Okay, because you guys have had, what, four or five weeks now? Tell me. This is week four? I love the number four. Okay, we'll roll with that. It's not my favourite. Seven's my favourite because I'm born on the 7th of July. So God always said seven was God's favourite. So I always said I must be his double (laughs) favourite. To which she kind of rolled her eyes, you know, which is cute way of acknowledging it that it must be true. (laughs) Hands up if you've ever known something was going to happen before it happened. Yep, in your gut. Who's ever maybe had a dream about something really vividly and then it actually happened in real life? Yep, lots of us. Hands up who's ever had a thought or an idea pop into their head out of absolutely nowhere, usually in the shower when you don't have a pen and paper to solve a problem you didn't even know you would have tomorrow. Yep. Yep. Who's had ideas like that pop into their head at really inappropriate times to solve a problem they know they have. 
lots of us, okay? Who's ever had a gut feeling that something was probably going to be more dangerous than it looked? Yeah. All of those are ways of God speaks to us. In the natural, people would assume, oh, that's just instincts. Well, if it's instincts, then you should trust them. In our world, often as young people, we're taught not to trust our instincts. But my job as a teacher, I work as a teacher in high schools. If I teach anything, I teach my kids, especially my girls in my class, if it feels wrong, it is wrong. Your instincts are usually the first response because your instincts are even deeper than your conscious. Your conscious, you can numb. Did you know that? If you keep doing something you know is wrong, eventually it will stop feeling wrong. Who's experienced that? Yep, me, absolutely. It just stops feeling wrong. But your instincts will speak even when your conscience has become numb. And I, in my experience, n- the number one way God speaks to me is through my instincts, where something will just tell me it's off or it's on and I should go there. I always check it, of course, to make sure that I'm not just listening to fear because sometimes they feel the same. And that's the question. How do I tell when it's God? Who's ever asked that question? If your hand's not up... You might not have really thought about things. (laughs) It's not a bad question to ask. It just needs to be grounded in some really good theology about who you now are, which I think you probably have had a bit of that already, haven't you? You have? Yeah, some grounding in who you are, your identity in Christ. Two of you are nodding. The rest are looking at me scared. (laughs) The thing is... We often attribute our own brain or blame our own brain for things that are not our own, bad or good. <laughs> like we might have this genius idea and, our, and then we'll go, oh, well, that's just a thought. That's just an idea. Like I remember grade seven, my friends and I sat down and th- we said to each other, we were obsessed with Fanta. And we said to each other, wouldn't it be awesome if Fanta came out with different flavours? Two years later, the the biggest craze on the street. You know, and this was before we had iPhones listening to everything we said, you know, and documenting it for advertising purposes, right? And I remember feeling like I'd been totally ripped off. Like, that was my idea. I thought about the grape flavour, dang it. And it was almost as good as the orange. I'll, I'll give them that. Things we often attribute to are coincidences or luck, if you want to use that term. That's a worldly way of describing things that God has downloaded ahead of time. Who's ever felt deja vu? Yeah, often, not always, but often that is prophetic. You've had an experience spiritually before you've had it naturally. Our topic, as you can see, is hearing the voice of God. I love that we get to talk about that. And let me say this really kindly, but really clearly. The things that we think we know the most about, we are often the least teachable in. So be mindful if you feel like, oh, we've heard all this, Meg. 
this is week four, don't you know? You know, I don't think any of you are thinking of that online. You know, I'm just kidding. But it's true. If we think we know all the ways God could possibly speak to us, we might be limiting God. Because he's, I'm just going to go out there and say this, okay? I'm just going to cut the, you know, cut the stake open. God is bigger than you. (laughs) And if your finite brain has comprehended the depths of the infinite God, then you need to spend more time with me. I need to get to how you got there. We've been given access to the mind of Christ, but the Bible says we need supernatural strength just to understand the love of God, let alone all the other attributes of God. (laughs) If we need supernatural crutches just to bear the weight of His love, How heavy will his glory be? And will we be ready for it? See, I'd love to, in Jesus' name, I'm going to preach a sermon not long from now about the posture of heart for revival. And the number one thing the Lord's been speaking to me about is humility. We've got to be willing to be children for life. I am wearing a big L plate just like you. And if you've moved on to your P plates, you're a worse driver because you're less cautious. Who would agree? P platers, I avoid them. I'm happy to drive behind an L plater any day because they're not going to speed <laughs> and they're going to be cautious. But a P plater, they've lost that, you know, and I never want to become a P plater in the spirit. I always want to have my L plates on with the Lord because I want to be shocked and surprised by his goodness every day. Not just some fleeting moment at 4 p.m. on a Sunday when I finally get to worship. Guys, I hope you I hope you do more than that. You know, if that's all you do, then that's more than nothing. And I I thank the Lord for that. But I would be like a dry sponge. You know, I need time with God. Yeah. So is this okay? Are you okay if we kind of just, I'm just following the Lord and and eventually I'll make a point. (laughs) Probably already made one at least. (laughs) Are you taking some notes? Good. Good, oh good, yeah, record it, good idea. So question, can anyone hear the voice of God? Yes? Even non-believers? Yes, how do you know? Sorry? Because you did, hands up, who else did? Yeah, that's right. You know, um, what if people hate Jesus, do they? Can they still hear God's voice? Are you sure? How do you know? He still loves them. That's a good start, isn't it? I'm not testing you, by the way. I, I'm. I love your input. Testimonies, yeah. There's testimonies. What about murderers who also hate Jesus? Can they hear God's voice? Yeah, you know how I know? Saul. The introduction to Saul in Acts, verse 9, says, 
while Saul was breathing murderous plots. What an intro. (laughs) Who'd like that in their intro? No one ever in the history of humankind. Yet Paul was documented. That's his introduction. While he breathed murderous plots. And yet Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, blinded him, ripped away his ego, confronted him with his own ridiculous religiosity and left him for three days to wallow in self-pity before sending a believer, the ones he was persecuting, to care for him. And it was in that moment that the Holy Spirit spoke to Paul about who he was to be, not who he had been. And that's what God always wants to speak to us about. Not who we have been, but who we are and who we will be in him. Is that good news? There's this wonderful passage. You never have to worry about prophecy, I don't think, if your heart is postured towards the Lord in love. (laughs) Posturing your heart in love is, I think, the key to most aspects of the spiritual walk. So there's this wonderful scripture, I think, on the... I'll see if I can do this for you. Here we go. Look at that. It's two things at once. There's this wonderful scripture about all believers, all sheep... Who wishes we'd been called lions? (laughs) Yeah, the honest ones. (laughs) The honest ones or the people who've never spent time with sheep. (laughs) Because sheep are stinky and not always intelligent. Who's actually been on a sheep farm? Or I lived on a sheep farm and we had an electric fence break and they all got loose and I had to try to get them back in 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 the paddock. Bare hands, no help. I failed miserably. The sheep won and I went to bed with Baba all around my house. It was radical. They're not super intelligent creatures, um, but they're really good at following. They're really good at following. That's actually their superpower <laughs> is following the voice of the shepherd. And um, in biblical times, the... The shepherds led them through the wilderness, not, not through beautiful pastures like we have in, in Queensland and in um, different parts of Australia. It was like, if you've ever been bush-bush, then add a bunch of rocks. That's kind of what they were dealing with. You know, it wasn't skipping through the fields with daisies. It was hard work. And the shepherd would know the route to water and he would lead the sheep there in the best way that was going to limit the injuries that they might have. So when we hear this, my sheep will hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. It's a promise. We are actually pre-programmed to hear the voice of God. 
And as we choose to put Jesus as Lord of our life, it's like our radio gets retuned. And our wiring gets recalibrated to the frequency that we were designed for, which is the frequency of heaven. Have you thought about it that way? You were designed to hear the frequencies of heaven and to carry them in the earth. It's true. We don't need to earn it or strive for it. It's not a spiritual gift to hear from God. It's a necessity for the sheep to be able to follow the shepherd. Sheep who can't hear get lost and injure themselves. So sometimes I think we loop hearing from God with the gift of prophecy. And of course, to be a prophet and to prophesy, you'd need to be able to hear God's voice. But hearing God's voice and prophecy, I think, are slightly different. Every believer has the capacity to prophesy. I'm sure you've heard that. Amen. Hello. Have you heard that? If you haven't, read Corinthians, the whole book. But particularly 12, 13, you know, that, that kind of covers it really clearly in there. The thing is, we need to be able to hear God's voice if we're going to follow him. There's so many ways you could hear it. It could be audible, like you audibly hear the voice of God. Has anyone ever audibly heard the voice of God in the room? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Me too. It was really freaky. <laughs> I told him I never wanted it to happen again, and he said, I'll see. Okay, so <laughs> he usually wins arguments, just by the way. Um, it could be in your heart. It could be in your mind, just thoughts and pictures and images or song lyrics or, or melodies, if you're a musical person in particular, or even if you're not. <laughs> Who's ever heard of Matt Redman? Yep, Matt Redman couldn't sing or play guitar. He asked the Lord and he woke up the next day and wrote a number one Christian hit. So if you've been asking, keep asking because he will answer. <laughs> the, the thing about it is that hearing God's voice is a, is a distinguishing factor for those who consider themselves sheep. It's not a unique gift to some in some churches and some in some denominations. The reason I say I've spent years preparing for this is because when I first heard the voice of God, I never met anyone who met anyone who'd met anyone who'd heard of anyone who'd ever heard the voice of God. It was in the middle of a women's Presbyterian's church and God radically changed my life and I started teaching all my friends how to hear God's voice because it made sense that they might need it. And then I moved to Tasmania and I went to an Anglican church who loved me better than I loved myself. Saw me into freedom because they believed in me before I believed in myself. And I taught the youth group how to hear the voice of God by accident. I didn't know that that's what I was doing. And then I started to teach some of the elders and friends that I'd made in the church how to hear God's voice, and now they hear God's voice. It's not something that's just for the Pentecostals. It's for every believer. 
And if you've been hurt by the conservative church, you need to get over it. How dare you? Jesus has forgiven them. Your job is to go and help. It's easy to spot holes and poke holes in things. Go plug the hole. Then you've got a chance to speak into it. And I hope you choose to speak life and not death. Because we are all one and we can learn from one another. I learned how to meditate on the image of God in the Catholic Church. I learned how to worship God in silence in the Anglican Church. I learned how to worship God by reading day and night until I caught something in my spirit from the Baptist Church. And I've learned how to operate in the prophetic freedom that I now work in, in my private time with God. And then God moved me to the church here for such a time as this. And I'm excited to know what I'll learn here. So you can learn anything from anyone if you believe you can learn anything from anyone. (laughs) Is that helpful? I'm taking a lot more tangents than I'd hoped to, but I'm just kind of flowing with the Lord here. I'll give, me, I'll give you another scripture because I love the Bible. John 16, 13. The Spirit shows what is true and what will come and He will guide you into the fullness of truth. Say the fullness of truth. Who's the fullness of truth? Jesus. Yes, you've been reading the Bible. I love it. Good on you. The Spirit doesn't, that wasn't condescending. I'm, you know, can you tell when I'm being playful? Is that okay? All right. Are you guys okay up there? Okay, good. All right. The Spirit doesn't speak on His own. He will tell you only what He has heard from me. Who's me in this passage? Jesus. So the Spirit will say only what is heard from Jesus and He will let you know what is going to happen. Isn't that the most astounding verse you've ever heard about the Spirit's relationship with Jesus? Because Jesus said, I don't speak on my own. Who is speaking? Who is He listening to? The Father. So they're in this cosmic cycle of constantly looking and pointing to one another. The Father speaks, so the Son speaks, so the Spirit speaks, and the Father responds. And they all get excited. You know, that's a cool picture. And you have the Spirit deposited in you as a guarantee of the promise of what's to come. If the Spirit's just the guarantee and He's the Spirit of God, what is to come? Have you ever thought about that? That just blows my mind. <laughs> let, me, let me just smash you with some lies that you or I may or may not have believed. May you be you're more fortunate than I was. But these are things that sometimes block us in our own capacity to press in to hear from the Lord. Would that be helpful? You're not good enough, was my number one. You're not good enough or pure enough. You're too broken. 
God knows what you've done, why would he speak to you? That's a lie from the pit of hell, in case you don't know where lies come from. Second lie, God doesn't speak anymore. Also a lie. You can't hear like, insert whoever. Also a lie. You can't hear like that. You'll never hear like that. Is, is this resonating with anyone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When Pastor Catherine comes up and she just... And my conscience goes, oh, one day I'll be able to hear like that. And then the enemy goes, you'll never hear like that. You're not as good as Catherine. That's how he sounds now. I've told him how to sound. It's easier to spot him when he sounds like that, you know? (laughs) Then I can kick him away. He's got no idea what he's talking about. In fact, he's only a liar. So if he said it, then the opposite must be true. And I just say, my daddy said. (laughs) That's my favourite comeback. My daddy says, his sheep hear his voice. And I am a sheep. So, bam. <laughs> you know, you've got to have fun in this life. The, you know, Paul said suffering is fleeting, right? <laughs> it's not eternal. <laughs> it just, just in case you wanted to hold on to that baggage, you don't need to. Okay, next lie. God can't love you. Ouch, gosh, that was my number one. When I heard, first heard from God, that was the lie that needed to come undone. Not that God doesn't love me. That's one thing. God can't love me. That is such a lie. But for me, it had become a belief system that I had searched my world for evidence to support. Because that's how lies work. It comes as a niggle. And maybe you ignore it because you don't know how to deal with it any other way. But what usually happens with things you leave to fester? Do they get better or worse? Worse. Much worse. And then it grew. And eventually I took a bite. But it was still out there. And then eventually I took more of a bite until it became true And then I started to find evidence in all of my circumstances to justify the lie. The wonderful thing about a lie is it's really easy to deal with. Would you like to know how? Jesus, I confess that I have believed the lie that you cannot love me and I repent. Fill me with your love in Jesus' name. You want a radical encounter? I dare you to pray that prayer if you've believed that lie. Any of those lies on that list, and there may be more for you, easy. Kick them out. Just repent. Unless, of course, you don't want to change your mind. In which case, there's not a lot I can do to help you. But you're here for a reason. And most of you are here because you want more, right? Hello? (laughs) you want more let me tell you this if you've ever been offended an offense is a gateway to more it's God's way of highlighting a belief system that you've held on to that may not be accurate 
So if anything anyone does, for example, I'll give you an example. I've told Pastor James about this, so I know he won't be upset about me sharing it. When I first met Pastor James, he looks tame compared to what he looked when I first met him. He used to jump up and down the stage and skip and hoo-ha, and I was totally freaked out. I'd just come from an Anglican church, you know, like raising your hands was out there, you know. I'd always been out there in my private time, but in public I was like, Oh, that can't be God. And God said to me, clear as day, don't tell me what's not of God. And I was so convicted. The offense then became a doorway into more. And I repented. And I said, Lord, if that's you, then one day I want to look like you. And now, every now and then, (laughs) when the Spirit catches me, (laughs) I'm serious. So never be offended by an offense. Always take it to the Lord and allow it to become a gateway into the more. Amen? That was another freebie just for you. So if... Hearing God's voice is our natural default now that we're believers in Christ. What's the blockage? Why aren't all of us hearing all of the time? What do you think? Fear, maybe? Lack of intimacy, maybe? There's no wrong answers, by the way. Intentionality, maybe? Yeah, that's a good one. Brokenness, maybe, yeah. Again, the belief systems could be off. What else? Listening. Listening. Hearing comes naturally. Listening is a discipline. Write that down. Hearing comes naturally, but listening is a discipline. And listening in our generation is harder than ever because culturally silence and stillness are not powerful anymore. Do you you know where I'm going with this? We struggle to wait two minutes for our mac and cheese in the toaster, right, (laughs) in the microwave. Who's ever pressed the button on the microwave like, come on, speed up? If we can't even wait two minutes for the microwave, what hope do we have in silence and stillness to hear the voice of God? It requires discipline. It requires intentionality. It's not impossible, but it is countercultural. Have you ever heard the book of the book or read about maybe the spiritual disciplines? By Richard Foster. Yeah, okay, two people are nodding. It's a conservative book. Oh, scary. <laughs> and it changed my life. It's got a chapter in there about the power of silence. So we're going to practice sitting in silence because listening requires silence, focus, and intentionality. I'm not asking you to listen right now. 
I'm, although you may hear things by accident, what I'm asking you to do is sit in silence and notice how uncomfortable you feel. Give yourself a scale. If, eight is, if 10 is like the most uncomfortable you've ever felt and, and one is zero discomfort, like then that's the scale. Does that make sense? Am I speaking English right now? Okay, so we're going to stand and sit. I'm standing. You can sit. And if you're online, you can sit or stand. Your choice. Okay, free for you. Um, We're going to sit in silence for a whole minute. I'm actually going to make it two minutes because you're used to a minute silence, aren't you? An Anzac day, once a year. Two minutes. Let's see how we go. Off you go. Okay, write, write your rating down. There's no judgment. The goal is to improve. So even if you got an 8 out of 10, there's room for improvement. If you got a 10 out of 10, then perhaps you have done this more than I have. Who got under a 5, let's be honest? Yeah, okay, felt really un... Yep, yeah, okay. Who got... Over an eight, so super uncomfortable. Or was it the other way around? I can't remember. I can't remember how I scaled it. Lord help me. Yeah, 10 was the worst. You're right. Okay. So let's scale again. Who's about a five? Midway. Six, eight, nine, four, twos. Two or three. Okay. Um... My encouragement would be for you to practice silence for real, real in your private time with the Lord. You'll be surprised 
what he can do with your silence. Who found themselves accidentally praying? Yeah. Who found themselves accidentally singing old school hymns? <laughs> Me. Always. Okay. So it's about disciplining your mind going, no, I'm, I'm actually going to devote this time to not thinking about that. I'm going to create more space. And if the Lord really points to something, then you can go there. Um, the way God had me learn about silence, I had two encounter, like two separate occasions. The first, the Lord told me to go away for a weekend and not take an instrument, not take music, just to sit in silence for 48 hours. I was allowed to sleep and eat, praise the Lord. <laughs> but otherwise, I wasn't to have worship music on. I was just to enjoy the silence with him. And he didn't say anything. For 48 hours. Once I finished the 48 hours and went home, he did not stop talking. And I said, hello. I just created all this space for you. And the Lord said, I wanted you to learn the power of silence. I actually misspoke. I had three encounters. So that was the first. We used the encounter loosely. It wasn't like an encounter. It was like a time with the Lord. Second time, I was at this national prayer conference that was held, again, by my conservative friends. And at the end of the worship set, spontaneously, we broke into two minutes of silence where no one could even sneeze. Because the awe of the Lord had entered the room. No one moved. No one shuffled. No one got their phone out and started texting or taking notes. It was the awe of the Lord. And the third time was in Pemba. And the Lord asked me to go and, and fast for seven days. And I said, yeah, no worries. He said, no, no, no. Fasting food for you is easy. It was. It's no longer easy. I love food. I've always loved food. But fasting used to be easy. Now it's hard. Go figure. <laughs> the Lord said, I want you to lay your tongue on the altar. Seven days. I wasn't allowed to speak. I wasn't allowed to sing. I wasn't allowed to speak in tongues. I wasn't allowed to whisper in tongues. I wasn't allowed to pray out loud in any way, shape or form. And I'm in the middle of this um, supernatural school. And I learned how to worship from here, from my spirit. I share this as an invitation. These are all powerful ways you can learn to hear from God in a new way. Because you can hear here and you can hear here. But when you learn to hear from here and move with him, there's no stopping you. Amen? Who found that helpful? Yeah, good. Okay, I'm glad I'm helping some of you. And the rest we'll pray for. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. The second blockage. Okay, so number one was not listening, okay? More often than not, we don't hear from God because we're actually not listening. We're talking. We're dialoguing with him and it's not really dialoguing. It's monologuing. And I'm the one monologuing. And when I'm done monologuing, I assume God has nothing to say because he doesn't say anything straight away. Who's ever had a conversation like that with their husband? Yeah? Okay. Let me tell you, they have something to say. You just need to be quiet long enough for them to actually form words and get it out of their mouths. All right? Conversation should be two-way. You offer, it's like a ball game. You know, I throw you a ball. If he holds onto the ball, we're not playing ball. 
<laughs> we're throwing I'm throwing stuff at him you know <laughs> he's probably upset at me why you keep throwing a baseball at me you know he's got to throw it back that's a conversation I throw something he throws something and I listen to it ideally ideally I think about it before I answer even more ideally in a mystical land where my brain actually thinks before my mouth speaks and then I throw it back and ideally he listens and he thinks about it and maybe even if he's like supernaturally empowered by the grace of God, he might even say, oh, so you feel hurt. That would shock me. That's listening. <laughs> and that's what it's like with the Lord. The Lord's really good at empathy. He's really good at empathy. If you were needing your heart to be met, he's the place to go. But you've got to create room for his words to come and penetrate your heart. And sometimes our hearts aren't used to being loved. That's true. Sometimes your heart isn't used to being loved the way God wants to love you. And so it's going to take some time. So the more space you can create, the better. Is that okay? The second thing that I think we often do is we turn the tap off with our analytical thinking. If you imagine the tap turned on full force, or force it if you're American, you know, the force it's going 100%, the water's gushing out. That's us when we're just in the presence and God is allowed to do whatever he wants. Sometimes more often than not, I think what I did, and this is what slows the flow, is I start going, oh, is that really God? And it's like the tap gets turned off a bit. It could just be my mind and the tap gets turned off a bit. Maybe I'm probably just making this up. Tap gets turned off a bit and the analytical kicks in. Am I the only one that does this? You all do it, don't you? You know why? It's human nature. You want to know the good news? You don't have human nature anymore. Whose nature do you have? Second Peter 1. You have been given a divine nature. But human habits take time to unlearn. So now it's about learning your divine habits of allowing the flow of God to happen. And I think about it like a present you want to receive the whole present before you start unwrapping it. You're allowed to analyze what God says, but let him say it first. <laughs> let him give you the whole gift. Once he's finished sharing what he wants to share, then you can go back and start analyzing, does this line up with God's word? Does it sound like Jesus? Does it make me want to be a better person? These are my little ways of testing what I'm hearing from God, which I'm going to share with you. Don't worry. You can take notes on it later. But we need to get out of the habit of start, like he says one thing and we start cranking on the analysis going, oh, that can't be God. That can't be God or that's just my mind. I want that pair of boots. That's not God's will for me. I'm just being selfish. Hello? I'm not saying every pair of boots is saying you should buy. 
by the way. I'm just sharing. I had a time in Tasmania. I lived in Tasmania. And, um, and I walked past this pair of boots and I saw it every day for like three months. And the Lord said, why don't you buy that pair of boots, Meg? And I said, Lord, I don't need a pair of boots. And the Lord said, you don't know what you need. Ouch. <laughs> you don't know what you need. And so I went and bought the boots and I felt really guilty about it. And he said, why are you feeling guilty about being obedient? You know why? It's because it was out of the realm of what I expected God might call me to do. I'm waiting for him. Call me to the mission field. Call me to the mud huts of Africa. Not go buy a nice pair of boots that I still own to this day and love. You know, like that is, does anyone resonate with that? Because you'll hear what you expect. And you'll reject what feels foreign. But if you learn to cultivate a spirit that keeps the flow on no matter what and analyzes later, who knows what God will have the opportunity to say to you that he's been desperately longing to tell someone (laughs) but they keep analyzing him all the time. Is this helpful? Good. So let's do it. We are going to free write. Free write means you don't analyze. You just write. Don't try to make it sound more spiritual than it is. If all you hear is the lyrics to Baby Shark, write it down. You don't know. Maybe someone in the room has a shark-related dream recently. You know, write it down. Analyze it later. So for two minutes, and we're going to keep it short, sharp, and shiny. Otherwise, your analytical brain will start turning on whether you like it or not. And you'll start thinking, oh, this is such a silly exercise. Oh, that makes you so dramatic. Oh, I wish I wasn't here. I could be at home eating that beautiful piece of chocolate. You know, okay, that was maybe too much, wasn't it? I, I really do want to be here. But I could also be eating chocolate. That'd be good. Short, sharp, and shiny. Two minutes. Let's go. Two minutes, free riding. Off you go. Don't think, just write.
Keep writing. Some of you have stopped writing. I'm going to give you another 30 seconds. Keep writing. Push past the barrier. Wherever you get stuck, keep going. It doesn't matter if you repeat the same sentence over and over. Eventually, the flow will come and you'll, and you'll start writing freely. I promise. Okay, let's call that time. Read over what you've just written down for me. And if there's someone who was really encouraged by what they received, I'd love, if you feel willing, for you to share. So read it if you'd like to share. If it's encouraging, raise your hand and we can get a couple of you to share, okay? Hello, Lord. I love you. Thank you. So, th so this is a two-way conversation between him and I. Thank you that I am um, blessed and highly favoured. It is my great pleasure to give you the kingdom, Catherine. You are my awesome treasure. You love where I have sent you. So that's Academy. I do, Lord. I feel like a sponge that could be wrung out every day. I would not wring you out, Catherine. I'm feeling... The cup to overflowing, many need to receive what I'm pouring into you. Wow. Come on, give her a clap. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. This is vulnerable stuff, so really appreciate you sharing. So this is quite um, appropriate to what's going on in my life at the moment, and I was quite surprised at what I wrote here. So it says... Um, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Love, yes, love, a lot of love. For who? For you, yes, you. Not only you, all those around you, especially those close to you, your family, all of them, including your husband, yes, including him. So much love for him, a whole, whole, whole lot of love. So don't judge him on his behavior. Love him just like Jesus. Love him like I love you just as I love you, all of you, all of you, all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Okay, one of the boys, one of the boys, men, manly men. My son, my son, I've got this. I'm surrounding you, and there's nothing well about it. And I've got this sense there's more for you, and it never ends. And we are in absolute tender love with one another. You, my son, and I, your father. And there's a mission for you, and you are mine. And we will together frolic and be with you all the time. And have fun and belong. And there is a way that sounds good, but it is more than that. It is wonderfully free. And I have said to you, I am here, and you with me. Yeah. Come on, so good. Give him a clap. 
So sometimes you, you'll find that you, you just need to get started. Who started by saying something to the Lord first? Yeah, that's often how I start too. And then he says something back and I keep writing down. So don't be afraid if all you hear is a song or a prayer or write it down. Write it down. We moved house just two weekends ago, fortunately the weekend after the flooding, praise God, to a new home. It has three bedrooms and I've already lost my husband once. <laughs> I'm kidding. We used to have a one-bedroom unit um, and I've, I'd never had a private space with God in that home and now I do and it's glorious. Um, but I was led to go back through my old journals and I found my first journal when I heard first heard the voice of God in 2014, which is not that long ago, but a little ways away. And I found in that journal all of this content that the Lord had shared with me about his heart for my future marriage. And I didn't meet Roland till eight years later. And Roland fits the description of the Lord about my husband to a T. And I cried. I was so encouraged by the kindness of the Lord. I'd forgotten that that was in there. So if you keep journals, you will be surprised at what you'll hear for your future. And you don't necessarily need them to come to pass tomorrow because you're hearing every day, and it makes waiting sweeter. We've lost the art of waiting in our culture. There are some things we get instantly, and that's a wonderful gift from the Lord, but you know you're mature in Him when you can wait with eager expectation. That doesn't mean sometimes it's not hard, that sometimes it's not painful, that sometimes you don't need to cry and kind of get angry at God. I threw throws tantrums with the Lord. You, me, and David. You know, like, literally, read Psalms. He didn't hold back. And yet he was considered a man after God's own heart, which makes me think, well, if I've got the heart of Christ... I'm allowed to throw tantrums. <laughs> That's probably not biblical. I'm just saying, be real with God. I'm not saying pretend. But if you're feeding on his goodness every day, it sustains you through the waiting. And then the receiving is even sweeter. And you'll enjoy it more because you've learned how to enjoy the season of waiting. And when you enjoy waiting, you can enjoy receiving all the more. Okay? Is that good? Yeah. Here are my three little checks. Does it line up with love? If what I've heard doesn't sound like love, then it's probably not God. That said, love corrects those it loves. So I'm not saying God won't correct you from time to time. But if he's rousing at you like an angry principal, you probably have a dodgy understanding of God's heart towards you. Because <laughs> you'll hear what you expect. 
Hello? <laughs> Later, I'm going to unpack the difference between conviction and condemnation. It's going to set some of you free, but that comes a bit later. Second, does it line up with Scripture? This book here is the plumb line, okay? Jesus is the plumb line. This book's full of him, cover to cover. The Old Testament as well, I promise. Who loves the Old Testament? Good. If you don't, watch the Bible Project stuff before you read a book in the Old Testament. It will help you fall in love with it, okay? Number three, does it make you want to get closer to God? Because God is wooing you to himself. So if you hear something and it makes you want to run for the hills, feel free to reject it or at least put it on the shelf. Because sometimes he'll say things like, move to Tasmania, and that makes you want to run to the hills, okay? What I mean, though, is run from his presence, run from his heart. Run from what he's saying about you, okay? That's a really good test as well. And the ones that you know are him and that still freak you out, just put them there and leave them there and let him confirm them. Because it says in the Old Testament that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, something will be confirmed. That doesn't mean you need two or three prophets. It just means you might hear it two or three times from the Lord in different ways or the same way over and over and over. When the Lord told me to move to Tasmania, I woke up at 4 a.m. every day for three months in a row. And I didn't get that he was asking me to move to Tasmania. He just said, what about? What do you think about Tasmania? I said, I haven't really thought about it and went back to sleep. <laughs> the whole time praying, Lord, send me to the mission field. Send me, Lord. You know that song? Here I am, Lord. Send me. You know, hanging up my washing, singing Zulu songs. Anywhere you want me to go, God, I will go. And the Lord says, what do you think about Tasmania? And I went, oh, you want me to go to Tasmania? I heard it more than three times. The next morning, the Lord, I said, okay, I'll go. The next morning, the Lord said, what about Bible college? And I said, no, and cried. And filled out my application that day because I was tired of losing sleep. I hope he doesn't have to wake you up at four in the morning every day for three months to get a message to you. But let me tell you, obedience, delayed, is disobedience. Obedience delayed is disobedience. But God has grace. And even though it took me three months to click in because I was slow, and 4 a.m. is not my time to shine, (laughs) I still said yes, and I still went, and I was still blessed, okay? So don't beat yourself up. Jesus was already beaten for you. Some of you need to put your stick away and break it into tiny pieces and use it to skewer chicken and eat it. <laughs> oh, that was a freebie. Straight from heaven, that one. Okay, you can tell when it's from heaven because it's funny. I'm, I don't actually think I'm that funny, but sometimes God makes jokes. You know, the other, who knows God has a sense of humor? 
The other day I go to I do CrossFit, as you can tell. <laughs> That's a joke. I, I, you can't tell. <laughs> it's fine. I've only been doing it for three years. <laughs> but I can deadlift 85 kilos, so, you know, that gives me some street cred with the boys at school. <laughs> anyway, so I rock up to CrossFit and I bring my Jesus with me because he comes everywhere. And I said, hey, Jesus, you're going to work out with me today? And he goes like this. He goes, Meg, I've got a perfect body. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does. You know, it's in the Bible. Does it line up with the Bible? I mean, I can't deny it. He will sass you. He will sass you if you let him. If you only have God in the serious box, all you'll get is the serious God. But if you have God in a limitless space where he can say whatever he actually wants to say, he'll surprise you with how funny he is and how kind he is, and how silly he is, and how cheeky he is, and how similar to you he is. Because he gets your sense of humor. And he'll make jokes that make you laugh, but don't make sense to your wife or husband, as Roland can testify. <laughs> Isn't that good? I'll say that I've said this before, but I will say it again. You will hear what you expect. So my encouragement would be to expect more. To be surprised. To be overwhelmed by love. To be confronted by your limitations and by your potential. All in the same sentence. We're going to do another activation. We've already done the silence one, so <clears throat> actually we might just skip that and come back to it. Yeah, we'll do this one, which we'll also come back to in a second. The toy box we'll do second. We'll do this one first. This one anyone can do anywhere, no matter how long you have, just to center yourself in his presence. Would you like that? Is that a good gift? Great. Close your eyes. You don't actually need to close your eyes, by the way, but when you close your eyes, it limits your senses. So you're less distracted by what you see. I want you to picture Jesus. I want you to look him in the face and recognize what he looks like. Okay, that's it. Two minutes. Off we go. If you're watching online, you can just read through I've written out the basics of where we're heading with this um, if you want to read through it or you can just do it with us along with us which is probably better what does he look like 
What's he wearing? Is he close or far away? If he's far, can you move towards him? And if he's close, can you get closer still? Okay, <clears throat> I hate to pull you out of it, but you know how to do it now. You can do it anytime you like. Hands up. I may, uh, if you have already volunteered, maybe just keep your hand down for now and we'll get some new voices. Who, who saw Jesus? You raise your hand. Yeah, great. Who feels they can share what they saw? Yes. He was um, actually uncomfortably close to me. Uh, his face was very, very close to me, and uh, it was it was challenging. Yeah, I did want to, yeah, but but it was lovely, and um, and I just felt his arms around me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Give her a clap. Good. Um, I actually saw him right here in front of me in, in, the, in the table here. And when you said to um, the, the, the distance perception, I was like, okay, I'm already pretty close. But I felt like I had to take a physical lean forward into him. And I put out my hands and I felt hands on my hands. And I just like saw him like right here, which I don't know, I'm still a bit shocked at. It's beautiful. Awesome. Anyone else? You want to share? Yeah, um, I saw him and I felt like he was making faces at me first. <laughs> I was like, come on, you got to be serious. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm having fun. So, yeah, we had a bit of a laugh about that. And, um, yeah, but I, I said, oh, I can see all this love in your eyes. And I felt like he said, I can see it in yours, <laughs> I think, because he's getting so close. Yeah. Isn't it awesome how God can administer love and play at the same time? Isn't that cool? Yeah, wonderful. All right, how are we going for time? It's quarter past. That means we've got 15 minutes of glory. You can do that anywhere, anytime. If you've got... Uh, grade 9 supervision for PE and you're dressed like this, you just take a moment, Jesus, visualise him. Okay, it's going to be all good. Or if you've got a report due, an essay maybe if you're doing uni, you know, if you're really stressed at work and everyone's, you know, doing the gossip circle, just close your eyes or take a moment. You don't need to close your eyes. You can do it with your eyes open. Just take a moment. Visualize Jesus. Where is he in this situation? And he'll always bring unique perspective. He might do things you don't expect. 
He might comfort the kid you think needs a rousing. And that helps you to know how to deal with that. I'm a teacher, so that I'm just using examples from my own journey with him, but hopefully it's helpful. You know, anything, it can apply to anything. If you're on public transport, where is he on the bus with you? Who is he comforting? Because then it's a clue who you could introduce yourself to. Because he lives in you and he has his own desires for you. Doesn't he? Come on. All right, you're very quiet. It's like Jesus is in the room or something. (laughs) This is my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do. And if you were here Saturday night with the youth, you've already done this, but you'll get something different. Okay, so don't expect the same thing. I call it the toy box activation because I have a toy box with the father. And sometimes when I spend time with God, he takes me to the toy box and pulls out a toy. And, and, and it's always fun. Okay, so you, you are going to get a toy from Jesus. Okay? Try not to limit him. Let him give you whatever he likes. And then I'm going to lead you into the next part, which is getting an interpretation. But don't jump to that. Just play. You're allowed to. Okay, so close your eyes. If it helps, keep the moment open if it doesn't. And I want you to see Jesus again. And this time he's going to give you a toy. Two minutes. Off you go. Now, I want you to ask Jesus why he gave you that toy or what it means. One minute. Okay, short, sharp, and shiny. I'm not going to wait for volunteers anymore. <laughs> oh, I didn't actually get anything this time. No, no. Oh. <laughs> um, I actually first had 
the um, I saw like a remote control, like the actual control uh, little thing. Uh, and then a little bit later, I saw like a car. And then when I asked um, God what it, what he was meaning with that, I just think he was trying to tell me that he's in control and to relax and, and give him full control and not me take it on so much. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Give her a clap. Okay. Oh, maybe I will get a few volunteers then. Hold it up nice and close like this. Like this? So he gave me a guitar and like those old headphones, like, you know how you see back, like big fat microphone, like, like this. And I asked why, why would you give me that? Because, and then he said, because I gave you the talent of worship and what's going to come out your mouth, you're going to speak life out of. That's awesome. You rap? Do you rap? He held the mic like a rapper. I got excited. Maybe you will in Jesus' name. (laughs) All right. Hold it up like an ice cream. See this? Right under my lip. So over the couple of minutes, um, my toy actually evolved, changed and improved. Um, First of all, it was a teddy bear. And, um, And then it became one of those teddy bears that you could actually like lengthen and it became a sleeping bag so it was still a teddy bear and so I got into the sleeping bag (laughs) and then (laughs) and um and then I asked God like what color is it it's yellow bright yellow and then um and then it turned into a onesie (laughs) (laughs) and the Lord was saying that like well I just feel like I just need that comfort tonight and um and then the onesie was because, like, he's just my wraparound presence. Wow. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Who's going to be asking the Lord for a onesie tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. One more. Okay. Straight away, instantly, I got Buzz Lightyear. And I don't even like Toy Story, to be honest. <laughs> but I got Buzz Lightyear. And um, all of a sudden, I pulled the little cord in the back and it said, to infinity and beyond which is one of the, and I felt like God say, what, don't limit him. What I think he's going to do, he's going to go far beyond what I ever expected him to do. Come on, Jesus. Isn't he good? The first time I had that encounter with the Lord, um, he took me to the toy box because you can imagine this was very new. I'd never had a toy box experience just like you've had. So I didn't know you were allowed to play with God. (laughs) So he took me to this toy box and he pulled out these two pogo sticks. And and Jesus got on and he was bouncing around. And so I tried and I kept falling off and Jesus laughed. And I said, why did you give me this pogo stick? And Jesus said, I thought it would be funny. And then the father said to me, you know, Meg, not many of my children want to play with me. (laughs) 
not many of my children want to play with me. And I thought about, I thought about a dad. Roland and I want to start a family this year and, you know, he's not looking forward to disciplining our kids. He's not looking forward to having to send them to their room and tell them they've made mistakes. He's not looking forward to the moment he has to correct our children. What he longs for is to play with them and to build Lego with them and to do dress-ups with them and to spin with them and bounce with them on the trampoline. That's what he expects fatherhood to look like. And the father's the same. If I can leave you anything tonight, I hope you'll learn to play with the father. Because he ransomed you to do more than correct you. He ransomed you to do more than forgive you. He ransomed you to play. He ransomed you so he could restore your childhood. And so you could have a perfect father. That's his desire for you. So anytime you lean into the Father, open your heart. And my prayer is you'll do whatever delights his heart in that moment. And you'll be surprised at how often that is the solution to the problem you thought was the problem. Intimacy, connection, play. Amen. I promised you in the last three minutes, I'd just quickly touch on the difference between conviction and condemnation. Who felt convicted just now? I hope you did. I hope you did. I did. Conviction leads you up. Condemnation leads you down. That's it. Conviction leads you to want to be better, to want to connect, to want to improve, to want to be the man or woman that God sees you as. Condemnation tells you who you're not, tells you who you were, gets you stuck in the past and cycling down and down and down and down and down. And it's not constructive. The Holy Spirit will never condemn you. Jesus was already condemned on your behalf. I'm giving you this as a test to anything you hear from the Lord. If it feels like, wallow, it's going to get down there, say, hold on, that's not how the Father speaks. You are always leading me up. More than likely, what, what's happening is the enemy is trying to come and bring in condemnation. 
And condemnation always leads to bondage. Conviction always leads to freedom. Amen? So never be afraid to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Because like offense, it's a gateway into more freedom. And let me tell you this. I'll, I'll say this and, and I'll close. Freedom is the Spirit. And the Spirit is eternal. So there's no limit to how free you can be. In fact, you should always be getting freer every single day because his glory, it says in the Bible, continues to grow. That's how perfection works. He's not perfect because he's fixed. He's perfect because he's always expanding. And his glory continually fills the temple. That's what the Bible says. His glory continually fills the temple. So freedom is like that. It's continually expanding. It's continually growing. And you should be freer tomorrow than you were today. You should be freer in three years than you were today. You should be. And if you're not, the enemy's robbing you. But don't worry. Because the way the Lord restores is by giving you more than you could have had if the enemy had never robbed you. That's a good word for you. That's how restoration works. Anything that has been stolen, the Lord will give you more than you could have had had nothing been stolen. That's how good he is. Amen? So, Lord, we just thank you for what you've done tonight. We invite you to have your way. Lead us where you want to go and help us to fall deeper in love with you every day. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Nick. Thank you. Thank you to you. Welcome to you. I feel welcome. Look, thanks, everyone, for being with us tonight. Unfortunately, we didn't get time for Q&A, but there will be plenty of time. So feel free to just pop any in the chat if you do come across some or you want to ask some in the next week or so. But next week, Nick, we have the amazing pastor, Rebecca Damianopoulos, taking our next session, which is called um, Cultivating a Lifestyle of the Prophetic. Um, I'm not sure if many of you know who Pastor Rebecca is, but she's a seasoned veteran in the prophetic. She carries the power and love of God for everyone. And her and her husband, Aaron, are associate leaders of Glory City Church, Brisbane. So we are actually really blessed to have her amongst us. So it's pretty exciting. Looking forward to next week. Thank you all for joining us tonight. We had Lisa and Sean and Patrick and Mandy. It's all great to um, just be able to engage with all of you in the chat tonight. And I just love what the Lord's doing in all your lives. Um, again, feel free to act, um, use the activations from tonight through the week or if you're super, super keen, do the old rewind job. Just go back a little bit and do them all over again. So, um, 
yeah, the more you use them, the easier it will be. And um, one one of the lines that I loved from what Meg said tonight was, "It's not a spiritual gift to be able to hear from the Lord." And um, yeah, I just I just really feel to um, to just break off any lies that anyone's believed that they can't hear from the Lord or they find it hard to hear from the Lord. And the scripture that I had. I felt like the Lord gave me before tonight was uh, Hebrews 13 verse uh, 5 and 6. And it says, For God has said, I'll never fail you. I'll never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper and I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? So uh, yeah, just right now, I just just break off any lies from the enemy that would say that um, that you can't hear from the Lord and yeah, just um, just release uh, fresh eyes and ears to hear the Lord speaking to you and through you um, in Jesus' name. I'm really encouraged to hear what's going on in your life, Lisa, as well, just the testimonies that's happening in your family. I know you shared another one there tonight as well. So that's that's just super, super encouraging. So if, if you want to jump on the chat and, um, and just, yeah, have a look at what the Lord's doing in Lisa's life. Take a hold of that for your own life because what the Lord is doing through her, uh, he wants to do through you as well. So the Bible says that um, we have not because we ask not. So let's get asking, friends. So look forward to seeing you next week and uh, just want you to remember that God's best is for you. God bless you all. See you, Zay.